Bill and Dave's Excellent Podcast, episode number 45. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Bill and Dave Show. Give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Bill and Dave Show. You know, 2017 is off to a huge start for us. If you haven't been listening or you've skipped an episode, let me just run through some of these guests we've had on this year. We've had the Orwells, the band The Orwells, amazing band. They got a new album out. Um, we've had actor Michael Dreyer. From Sneaky Pete on Amazon, Brian Cranston show, Marlene Forte, she's an APB, uh, the hit show on Fox, a very good show. Uh, John Hurd, the dad from Home Alone, we found out what Mr. McAllister did for a living. Uh, we've had on Katie Culleton and Katie O'Brien from the hit show Teachers on TV Land. We've had director from the UK, Gene Fillets, uh, he's got a great movie coming out called Kane Hill. We've had George Bazelon, who's on this show Crashing on HBO with Pete Holmes, that show's hilarious. If you haven't seen it, make sure you check that out. Maddie Carter-Opel. He was in the series of Unfortunate Events on Netflix with uh, NPH. We've also had our Oscar specialist, Dr. K, went six for eight on the Oscars, or seven for eight, depending on how you think the uh, ending went. Uh, almost seven for eight, but really went six for eight. Today is no different. We've got actor, writer, producer on the phone right now, Tom Malloy. Tom, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you for having me on. Happy to be on, definitely. Uh, um, so this is uh, this is kind of interesting. So uh, Tom's on to promote this uh, this film, Screamers, which looks pretty intense. Uh, you could also see him on mm. the show Midtown on on Amazon. What season? You got two seasons out, right? Yeah, Tuesday we're in the second season. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I definitely want to get to those because those are two interesting projects. But what I find really interesting about you, Tom, is uh, you're a New Jersey guy. But when you start looking yeah. at all the things that you, the, all the different hats you wear, and I'm going to run through this, and uh, I find <laughs> it very interesting. I got actor, writer, producer, uh, motivational speaker, improviser, a dancer, a jujitsu artist. Um, boy, where do we start, man? Holy cow! Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say that the motivational speaking I did about ten years ago, and I did it for a while. I spoke to a hundred thousand kids, but I haven't done it in years. So that's somehow there's kind of a relic on the uh on the bio but yeah no it was fun while it lasted and because uh, it was a company based in new jersey and yeah spoke to over a hundred thousand kids about making positive choices and doing the right thing and uh that was fun but uh it's just too much too much of everything else going on <laughs> that's, that's awesome it, what what i find really interesting is uh because chicago's obviously a big improv town and you're an east coast guy but you did uh mm -hmm. you did uh io mm -hmm. west i believe if i if i read yep. that properly yep. um and yes and your show Midtown is um, pretty much it, all the all the scenes are improvised, aren't they? Yeah, you know what happened was me and my comedy partner, a guy named Scott Baker, who's a former NYPD cop turned improv comedian. Uh, him and I were we had a TV pilot called The Fuzz, and it was basically kind of at the same time, a little bit before Brooklyn Ninety Nine came out. And ours was directed by the Seinfeld pilot director, a guy named Art Wolf. 
but bottom line is that, you know, for whatever reason, Brooklyn 99 went on, you know, there's, there's a little bad blood there, but uh, we just decided, we said, you know what, why don't we put on some cop uniforms, get in the car and, you know, talk about coffee and go, you know, and just improvise stuff. And so, I mean, we shot a completely low rent, but, you know, when we put the first three videos on YouTube, we got 400,000 hits amongst those three. And then we got it on Amazon through a distributor called Jansen Media. And uh, now it's getting averaging like 30,000 views a month. That's uh, and, you know, awesome. it's, it's split between half the people saying, well, this is really low rent. And then half the people saying this is the fun thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so it goes back and forth. So, yeah. You, you know, though, it's, yeah. it's, it's funny, though, because... Uh, I always wondered on, on something like that, because now obviously you've done both types, right? You've done scripted work, and then now you, you've done some live Im- improvisation, and then uh, and now the yeah. show. So, like, shooting something like this, do you do you shoot, mul- the like, the same scene multiple times and just take the funniest one, or do you just kind of go with the yeah. first couple takes and we'll, we'll, we'll move on? Well, Scott and I, luckily enough, have a great rapport. Like, if you, you know, in person, everybody says we're the same as our characters on the show, like with each other. You know, like I have a rapport with him verbally, like as far as insults and jokes that I nobody I don't have with anybody else. And so I think the most we've ever done is three takes um, the most, uh, you know, and that was just because like, oh, let's get this other beat in. But him and I, uh, like recently, we were asked to audition for a show on the Travel Channel. Uh, where they basically they want to send two improv comics that are friends to different countries to oh, wow. like you know be idiots, which is <laughs> perfect for us. And we did a twelve minute thing where we had to answer these uh, questions, and we did it in one take, literally one take. There was not even one stop, and it was hysterical. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> is it, isn't it the greatest? So like from an improv, there's no better feeling than when. Uh, when, when there's a scene that just clicks and you have a partner that you just can can go back and forth with, it's uh, I don't think there's yeah. a better feeling in the world, man. It it really is. It's like you know, and and you can you're you're speaking like that. You know improv enough, and I'm, I'm sure that you do. That you so that the uh, idea I, I always think of is throwing a ball back and forth, and you know you don't want to ever throw the ball at somebody and it hits them and then rolls to the ground. You know, and if somebody that can catch it you know, polish up the ball and send it back to you. And it's just, you know, sending you these beautiful reactions and suggestions that you know has your back as well, you know, and on your on your comic beat. That's right. just, the, it is the best feeling. It really is. So, yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Another thing, and this is what's kind of interesting, and I think it all ties together, but another thing that I, I read about you is you, you, you wrote a book called Bankroll, and it was uh, yeah. it's kind of like the gold standard when it comes to uh, how, how to raise money for in, independent films. And, and I don't know if the numbers are accurate, but I read that you raised over $25 million in private equity for indie films. Is that right? Yeah. 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 That's all there. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, Bankroll came up in 2009 and then the second edition in 2012. And then, um, you know, they asked me to write a third edition, but it just didn't, it wasn't, you know, timing wasn't right for me. Um, there's a thing that I have now called a film finance guide. I think it's filmfinanceguide.com. That's kind of more comprehensive, but what I love about it is it's helped a ton of filmmakers. You know, it, it, I, one year at Sundance, I think there's 11 or 12 people came up to me and said, bankroll is the best book. And wow. one girl said my film's here because of your book, which is a really great feeling. So wow. that was nice. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. It, and it's, it's like a, a perfect time, right? So 2009, I mean, we're at a time now where, Technology makes it probably easier than ever to film something that that looks like studio quality. But you're also in a time where you know movie studios don't seem to be producing anything other than like Star Wars or Toy Story yep. or or these big budget yeah. films. So it's a great like perfect timing on this thing. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And exactly what you said is right. Uh, the the rift is getting wider, meaning the studio budgets are getting higher and the indie budgets are getting smaller. So you got that big kind of hole in the middle. Whereas you used to be able to make a film, an indie film, for seven to ten million dollars. If you did that today, it better have freaking George Clooney in it because you're wow. never going to make a time up the damn movie. And it, the the main thing, and I kid you not, I was just in a meeting talking about this with a director and a producer. Um, is that the, the, there's no DVDs anymore. That was a physical product to pack and ship. And when you had DVDs, um, you know, I have friends, distributor friends that made, you know, hundred millions of dollars by making the $2 million Christian Slater film for 20 years. You know what I mean? The, oh, the, yeah. the $2 million, you know, Kevin Sorbo film that they could sell for 4 million. And that's all they did is just churn out that stuff, churn it, churn it, churn it. And, uh, and there you go. They made their money, but that, that does not exist anymore. Unfortunately. So, yeah. That's uh, it's it's just uh, it's just crazy when you look at some of this stuff. I I, I read too that uh, that you're trained in West Coast Swing, uh, um, yeah. which is like <laughs> let's see, go from being you got an author and 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 you're a, a, <laughs> so um, what have you always been into dance or is it just something that just kind of happened? Yeah, well, since two thousand and uh, I think two is when I first saw West Coast Swing, and I was like, I I must do this dance. Um, but it, yeah, ballroom dancing was something that I, you know, just got into and thought it was great. Um, I joked with my buddy, I have a friend named Jason Chambers, who is an MMA uh, fighter. He hosted a TV show, Human Weapon, on the History Channel. And he brought me to a Strike Force event. And, you know, he, he, of course, had huge connections there. You know, friends of Dana White, you know, were right up against the cage. Oh, and afterwards, I said, this was a great, you know, event. And I said, but, you know, there's about 2,000 guys here. And I said, there's about, 300 women and you know 280 of the women are with the guy and i said you know if you come to a ballroom dancing event there's about 2,000 girls uh there's a thousand guys and 900 of the guys are gay <laughs> so which wow. one do you think is the, the, the better place to be as a single you know male uh and so but no I, and you know i got into dancing because i just enjoyed uh you know that kind of connection and uh and that was, was funny enough. Found the similarities in both, but now I'm back uh, back in the jujitsu world. So it's, it goes the ebbs and flows, I guess. Yeah, and 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 what what I what what I thought was really cool was uh, so, so you, so you get into dancing, and and I don't know if if that paved the way for for the movie Love and Dancing, uh, or yeah. or if it was if you if you did them both simultaneously at the time, but um, but you you do this film Love and Dancing, you write it. And uh, it's got Amy mm-hmm. Smart in it, and who doesn't love Amy Smart? Am yeah. I right? <laughs> great, she's all, and, and just as sweet in person. I mean, just a great, great soul. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but what I what I thought was interesting, aside from the dancing, is that 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 you know, it, it, I I don't know if you wrote it or wrote it with with a partner, but having an yeah. improv background, and I'm guessing you like to yeah. you like to play with the lines a little bit. But as a writer, do you appreciate when a mm-hmm. when a when an actor take some liberties with, with your written words or <laughs> would you prefer they just go right off the script? Here's the way that's, that's a good question. Here's the way I approach that. It's a, you got to at least give me one take with the, the words that work. Um, unless you came to me beforehand and said, Hey, listen, I try to, you know, there was this one scene, Billy Zane came and said, I don't know. I need more in this scene. Cause it was a scene where he was on the a phone call and Amy just was trying to dance with them, and it kind of shows that they have no connection with each other anymore. And so he just kind of said, I'd love to have a little bit more, and he let me kind of suggest some stuff, and then we worked it out in the scene. But if you just go in and throw the script out, like, I'd probably get a little pissed off. Um, but the other answer to that question is, that, you know, after that take, if then you want to add some stuff to it, 
if it works, oh my God, I'm the biggest fan in the world. And Billy, funny enough, was great at that, you know, and but there's other actors and actresses that I will not name <laughs> that have been in other movies that, you know, and you, you having some improv background, you know how you call it like dead improv lines, you know, like somebody that, <laughs> you know, just throws a line at you that completely ruins the scene. Like the next thing you have to be in a restaurant and, you know, uh, you know, her improv line is let's go to the mall, you know, it's like, right. no, 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 wait, cut. You can't do that. It's like that's next thing to the restaurant. You can't do that. So like it, it, when it, when improv works, if they can do it, Oh my God, I'm all for it. And Billy was great at it. But, um, you know, there's just some people that are just better scripted and should probably stay away from improvising. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So that, that's 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 always an interesting thing to, to have that imp- improvisation, ba- that that improv background, and 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 then to switch to a writer. I, I always wondered how that goes. Um, but then then you go into um, the jujitsu, and you kind of touched on that a little bit uh, with the jujitsu background. Um, I'm guessing you know it sounds like you're an MMA guy. Um, what what I find interesting about that, and, and I think it ties into this, and the and the the book writing, is that you're also a great poker player. Is, <laughs> is yeah. everything right? Like you you were like one of the top like you celebrity know. poker players for a while, weren't you? Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. So you know, gosh, this is like uh, almost turning embarrassing for me to interview, but I appreciate all this. You know, I I just like to say it's like it's like life energy. You know, and. Uh, uh, I think my kids have it, uh, especially my daughter, Ella, and my son, Tyler, you know, they have that life energy where I have to always tell people, look, I'm not on any drugs <laughs> like when I need them because I'm just a lot of, I'm a ball of energy and I just love to, um, to live and, and do stuff. So poker, uh, in 2009, I was invited to the world poker tour celebrity invitational and unbeknownst to the people at my table, as I was pretending to text, I was actually Wikipediaing <laughs> Texas Hold'em. I had no idea how to play. Um, but like I do with everything else, I just went and, and you know, that night I had I was there and Laura Prepon was at my table and Matt Lillard and uh, uh, there was a guy from Bob Guinea who was from The Bachelor. And I, I thought, this is, you know, I meet people on the red carpet. I meet them for 90 seconds and then I go, you know, hey, nice to meet you. Versus this, I'm sitting here and playing for two hours with them. And so I, I just, like I do with everything, I just studied and studied, just read, read more PDFs, played, played, got more experience, and just jumped into it. And now, yeah, I mean, tonight, funny enough, is my, is, is this thing called the Dream Builders, Brighter Future for Children. We donate to the LA Children's Hospital, run by a guy named Mayor Dahan, and I am the host of the Celebrity Poker Tournament, so I bring all the celebrities tonight uh, for my tournament. So, yeah, I even supplied the trophies personally through my distribution company this year, um, and I'm gunning for one tonight, baby. I want, I want to win one of my trophies back. So, uh, yeah, I do have this tonight in Hollywood. So, yeah. well, and, then, and that's why I think I think in an odd way, right? So so you have all these things. You have poker, jiu-jitsu, um, improv the dancing yeah. i think they all have one kind of running theme in common and, and even the raising the raising money for for indie films is mm. you must have a good feel for whoever you're across from sitting across the table or, or dancing for or dancing with or or or, yeah. or uh, sparring with you know mma i mean you have to you have to have a good um you have to have a uh, a good way to to know your partner and kind of and and know read off of them and stuff. I think it all yeah. does tie together, oddly yeah. enough. That's, that's really cool. I've never had anybody put it in that perspective. That's very cool. But yeah, maybe it may be a reading thing, you know, and, and also I think that 
I love learning always. I just, you know, there's never a part of me that goes, oh, I've learned too much in this <laughs> particular subject. So I love to learn and, and I have a good, I guess a good ego, I would say about that. Meaning I don't think I've learned, you know, I don't go, wow, no, you can't teach me anything. I feel like a lot of people can teach me a lot of things. And so that love of learning, uh, eventually, you know, grinding away, which I'm a great grinder, um, just starts to build up, you know, uh, <laughs> and just, you know, grinding along. And I, I don't mean the app. I don't mean the grinder app. I mean grinding along in life. No, no, <laughs> no, know? not at all. I, I just think it's all real interesting things because, you know, you, you have to really, it's almost like, when do you have time to sleep, man? It's like, uh, it's crazy. But it, it's, it's really yeah, kind of a unique set of interests, I thought. I thought it was really cool. Um, you know, uh, thanks. Uh, just going through some of these, before we get to Screamers, I wanted to just kind of touch on some of the people that you've worked with. Um, I, I know you were in uh, Gravesend, which was produced by Oliver Stone. I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. when you have an executive producer, I don't know how involved you are as an actor with that and, and if that's even applic- mm-hmm. applicable. But um, Oliver Stone, I, I don't know him well, but I know him, I, I know his work, and I, I've heard he's a pretty mm-hmm. intense guy. Um, what was it like working on a, on a, on a film that he was an uh, executive producer on? Well, he came in at the end. What happened was with Gravesend, that was my first movie, and that was like 98 or something. Uh, and we used to pull up to a street corner in Brooklyn, <laughs> and there'd be a gang of thugs, and we'd be like, you guys you guys want to shoot a fight scene? And they'd be like, yeah, you know? And then like a big fight would break out <laughs> every time. And uh, But when we were done, you know, that we, we had something that was like a John Cassavetti-style street movie. Wow. And Oliver then came in after a screening of it and said he wanted to put his name on it. So he gave, you know, he took a percentage, obviously, but he, he put his name on it. So I would see him at the, you know, the parties and the release parties, but that was, that was it. I didn't, he wasn't there in the making of the film. Um, and funny enough, Sean Stone, who's his son, ran into years later. I mean, maybe even a year ago was when I first met Sean. And he told me that he was the reason that Gravesend got picked up. He said to his dad, oh, dad, you got to do something with this movie. And uh, there it was. So, yeah. <laughs> right on. That's, but, yeah. you know, but, but being on, being on projects like, like Oliver, Oliver Stone lending his name to a movie, it really gives it some clout, I would think. But um, yeah, that's the reason. Yeah. yeah. That, that was the present, the presentation credit is, is a great thing for the, you know, seasoned veterans could do for a film to get it out there. Quentin Tarantino's presented movies, Robert Rodriguez, Peter Jackson, these are guys that have, you know, made careers just by putting their name on a film, which I think is fantastic. Sure, sure. Um, another one, I know we talked about Love and Dancing, and we mentioned Billy Zane, obviously a Chicago guy, and Amy Smart, and uh, but but uh, Betty White was also in that. So as a writer, <laughs> did you envision Betty White being in this, or was this just like, hey, we were able to make this happen? It was one of these things where I wrote the character, wrote the script, and just, you know, there was a fun character of an old lady dancing on the floor with me at one scene where she gets a little rowdy and tells me she's got to get laid and she's hitting on me and all that stuff. And after it was all done, when we started to cast, you know, it was like, wouldn't Betty White be great for this? And whoever <laughs> brought that up. And uh, there it was. And on top of it, with Betty, um, there was, uh, you know, she was big into the zoos, and there was like a sister ape of an ape that she knew in the, in the Los Angeles zoo in New Mexico. We shot the movie in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So like, it was like, they came back to us with, okay, we'll accept the rate, but could you give Betty a tour of the zoo the next day? And so that's what we had to do to, uh, <laughs> to get her to give you the movie. So, well, that, that, that's you know, a hell of a deal. <laughs> that's a deal. I'll yeah, take that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you know what, what I don't tell you is that 
we threatened to kill the ape if she didn't do the movie. Hey, and there you that go. Was, that was weird. That was, yeah, that's how. It, no, I'm just hey, intimidation always <laughs> works in one way or another. Um, <laughs> um, you were yeah. you were in the uh, the movie The Alphabet Killer, and what I thought was really cool yeah. about this is uh, Melissa Leo and Carrie mm-hmm. Elways, which is which is awesome because I was just actually thinking about. Uh, Carrie, for some reason, I'm like, I wonder what that dude's up to. So I was kind of just uh, yeah. looking him up. Um, I mean, that guy's just, I mean, been in everything. And, and as a com- as a comedian, was it? Yeah. Some, how was it working with Carrie? That's that had to be pretty cool. He's great to be able to do serious stuff, but I do agree with you. Carrie is very funny. Like I would cast him in a comedy. Any day, and it's funny. I was just thinking about him because I'm in Malibu right now, and he used to live right up the street from where I am right now. And he's um, just a, a great guy, a professional to work with. He was great. Tim Hutton was great. Um, you know, Liza Dushku was great. But Melissa Leo, you know, just goes to show actors if you keep swinging, taking swings at bat. Um, she had just come from uh, either you shot the movie in Rochester because that's where the true story took place, and she had just come from Northern Bat a little even farther upstate. And she goes, yeah, I just did this little indie called Frozen River. And then she did our movie. She just did a, you know, a couple of scenes with us. And, uh, you know, afterwards, Frozen River got her nominated for Best Actress. And uh, then she got the role in The Fighter as Mark Wahlberg's mom. And then she won. She won Supporting Actress for that. And so, you know, wow. you do the right indie and you get the right buzz going and, and there it goes. So, you know, I'm just going to keep taking the swings at that. But just to answer your question, they were all great people. I, you know, people get down on actors, you know, with People Magazine or Star or National Enquirer that you know, they're uh, crazy and they're mean or something like that. And I, I just say, you know, here's the X amount of celebrities that I know and here's this team of percentage that I've met that are jerks. And then I say, here's the people I know in real life <laughs> and here's the percentage that are jerks. And there's a lot more jerks in real life. I think, you know, actors in general just are good salespeople at selling themselves. So they're charming. And, uh, you know, I, I have very few beefs. Thank God. Knock on wood. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, it's still, you're still young too, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, you know, that's one of my favorite well, producers. I have beefs with uh, you know, several producers, but one of my favorite Hollywood quotes of all time was by the late Bernie Brillstein, who said, you're nobody in this town until someone wants you dead. <laughs> I thought that's the best, <laughs> that's the best quote ever. So, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> <Anyway>. Well, well <laughs> I... I, I... <laughs> I, I know that uh, I know we're we're kind of limited on time. I know you got an event to get to, so I want to definitely uh, talk about some of these new projects coming out um, before we get to Screamers, which I think looks amazing. I, I want to also yeah. talk about uh, Fairhaven, which also looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know is it I, I I don't know if it's out yet if it's coming out this month. Um, what can you tell yeah, us about no, Fairhaven? It's out, it's, yeah, you know it's um it, it, Fairhaven was a, a project that was brought to me by one of my uh, people. I, I mentor a bunch of film students, and she was um, one of these in the class that I was mentoring. And she came to me with a script and asked me to produce it. And uh, initially, I had to turn it down because it was so, it was too small in film at the, at the time where I was. Then I called her back and I said, "Well, wait, could you shoot it in this location?" And it just worked out. So, so. Uh, it worked out perfectly to make this great little movie. And I mean, film independent just said it was, um, one of the top 10, like must watch indies. And it's this great little, beautiful LGBT film. And, uh, we're going to be in showtime, I think in June or July and in theaters now. And then next Tuesday, um, is, is, no, excuse me, next week is New York city. So, yeah. 
That's that's so cool. Yeah, it looks like a really it looks like a great it's uh just just a great story from what I read about it. So I want to make sure everybody checks out Fairhaven. Um and and now yeah. let's 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 talk about Screamers because I watched the trailer for this and and at first I was like, wait a second, what it, it kind of had a little uh comedy feel and a little Blair Witchy um just from the trailer. Yeah. But um, it seems like I mean it's pretty relevant. It seems like it could. It's not too far from something that could really happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's. Or we wanted to take a found footage movie to the next level. Like you know, found footage being the genre that was kind of created by Blair Witch, and now there's been a ton of found footage movies, Cloverfield and The Gallows and Last Exorcism, and they're ranging from you know some are great, you know some are very good, Last Exorcism on the high end and. Uh, Paranormal Activity, maybe the first one, the high end, you know, versus down to the low, like, you know, uh, movies like The Gallows that really had just bad plot and bad acting, but had some scares to it. Um, you know, and I think people are getting sick of the shaky camera, you know, going to make you throw up found footage, you know? Right. Uh, and so we wanted to take it to a different level and make it so realistic that you almost could watch the first half and be like, am I watching a real tech documentary? Like that's what you would, you would almost fall for it. And because yeah. of that realism <laughs> and, uh, you know, director Dean Ronald and I kind of, we co-wrote it sticking to the plot and, and getting great actors. Um, you know, there's, we've twice been called the best found footage movie, uh, that of all time. So that's pretty great, you know, so <laughs> we're excited. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, just just the premise. I mean, I, we we put the trailer up on social media a little bit ago, but I, I'm I'm telling you guys, if if you're listening, you have to check out this trailer because it's nothing. It's mm-hmm. it's definitely not like anything I've ever seen before. So I think, uh, and, yeah. and it looks legit. Like it'll make you it'll it'll scare you. <laughs> I mean, it looks. <laughs> oh yeah, it's scary because they're so real and you're so invested in the characters by the time you know, shit starts to go down on there, you know, it, it, you, you really, you get into it. So you, if you, if the movie works for you, you kind of go down this path. And once you go down the path, uh, you went, Oh no, like this is really bad. And, uh, you know, I, I'd love to say that it's the first movie and this is true from the start to the finish. The idea I had for the movie is exactly what came out on screen. And that's a very freeing thing because, you know, I could look at Alpha the killer. I can look at love and Nancy and say, Oh, I wish I did this or that, or, you know, maybe, 30% different or 20% different. And then, so if you don't like it, I can be like, ah, oh, dang, if you'd only seen my version, maybe you would have loved it, you know, but right. with screamers, if you don't like it, it's like, well, that's, this is what I wanted to make. So, well, I, <laughs> you know, and, uh, it's, so it's very free. <laughs> I, I have a hard time thinking people aren't going to like to see it looks, it looks really, really cool. And, uh, I can't wait to check awesome. it out. Um, Tom, Tom Malloy, you, you can check him out on, uh, check out his website. He's got two Tom Malloy.com and Tom Malloy comedy.com. You can also catch him on yeah, Twitter. Yeah. Tom, uh, at Tommy Malloy. Tom, uh, what else you got coming up that we could plug? Um, they, you, gosh, you, you kind of went the full gamut. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> I did another film called Shattered with, with Ray, the, the Ray, Ray Wise played my dad in the movie and Ari Zucker. And, uh, but I don't, I was an actor in that film, so I don't know quite when it's going to be, um, released, but, sure. uh, you know, I did have a film called Hero of the Underworld that came out late last year. Uh, and you know, I won a couple of several best actor awards for it. It's a really cool New York city street film. And that's, that's, uh, out on VOD everywhere. Awesome. And I guess lastly, a, a show called dropping the soap that I'm the, uh, 
distributor of, uh, which is kind of a really funny comedy on iTunes and Google Play right now. Oh, uh, kind of behind the scenes of a soap opera. Yeah, it's Jane Lynch. It's hysterical. So <laughs> it's all fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> congratulations on all the success that you've had, and man, uh, we can't wait to see what uh, what you got next, man. It's been a it's been a pleasure oh, talking to you, Tom, and uh, thank you so much for doing the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. It has been really fun talking. All right, Tom. Take care. Awesome. Take care. Well, there you go. Tom Malloy. If you don't know who he is, make sure you check him out. Give him a follow on Twitter, uh, at Tommy Malloy. Make sure you support his work. He's a very funny, very talented guy doing some very cool things. Uh, Screamers looks awesome. We'll make sure we get that uh, uh, tweeted out. Um, That's it for episode number 45 Make sure you give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Bill and Dave Show, or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bill and Dave Show. And if you could be so kind, if you're listening either on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or whatever format you're listening to us on, give us a rating. Usually there's a little star rating system. Um, If you like us, give us five. If you hate us, at least give us one. Give us something. Give us some type of rating. It would be much appreciated. Um, Yeah, that's it. Episode number 45. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 